0: Therapy is cardio for the mind. Same way that we work out to get healthy. Mm -hmm. Go to the doctor when we're sick. Mm -hmm. We should do the same thing for our minds and for our mental health.
1: Therapy is cardio for the mind. Mm. That's deep. Welcome back to another episode of the Black is the New Rich podcast. And today we got a very special guest. Um, she's doing something very innovative. And also, wait, I got to mention that she's all the way from the UK today, uh, blessing us with her presence. She's doing something very innovative, but I don't want to keep talking too much. I, wanna, I want her to introduce herself.
0: Well, thank you for having me. And what a nice intro. <laughs> um, I'm Michaline. I am a scientist. I work in research and policy and climate change and nature. But I also am the founder of Althea Therapy, which is an app to connect people across the country with culturally responsive mental health and wellness professionals.
1: OK, amazing. So I want to get into what the app is about and what the movement is about um, a little bit later. But first, I want to know the lead up until how you got there.
0: Mm. So I feel like like so many other businesses, Started in the pandemic, mm-hmm. you know. So mine started at the height of the pandemic. This too, yeah. Like, you know, it's no exactly though. Like so many businesses sprouted up then, and mine did, but mostly because of like the rise in anti-black racism, anti-Asian discrimination globally. Mm-hmm. um Because at that time, I was living in France, and so you were seeing none of this is new, by the way. You know all of the racism, all yes. of that, yeah. but you were seeing it on such a global scale yeah yeah. and you were it was all over it was all people were thinking about and talking about and while it was happening during the pandemic everything was heightened you Mm -hmm. know and so i started looking for ways to help these communities and i think primarily communities where you don't talk about mental health Mm -hmm. um our community yeah (laughs) it's something that's just not talked about and so you know, when you're going through all of this, you don't even know where to start. You don't know where to access any of these resources. Mm-hmm. And so it just started out as a project that I w- was working on and taking courses and, um, you know, doing different like workshops to learn about how I could build it mm-hmm. and pestering lots of friends
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> and people who work in, you know, the development space, but also the mm-hmm. mental health space. Um, and that's really how it started. It started as a side project and just kind of grew into this community tool it's a movement now yeah jeez don't make me write that down
1: (laughs) it's a movement so i want to know like who i know you mentioned it a little bit earlier but i know i want to know who exactly is this app for and like what type of age or what they're maybe going through what's going on
0: yeah well it's a lot of things i mean we primarily focus on black indigenous and racialized communities Mm -hmm. um but it's we also one thing that I like to say a lot is that we provide culturally responsive mental health support.
1: And what does that mean? Exactly.
0: Yeah, So I like culturally responsive over like culturally competent or culturally sensitive, Mm -hmm. because there's action behind it, you know, so it's it's how a therapist or mental health professional responds to and creates space for a client's cultural context, but also understanding how their perceptions of distress show up in their life. Mm -hmm. So For instance, you know, if you're a therapist, do you understand how oppression shows up in their lives? Do you Mm -hmm. understand how their social identities impact and influence their perceptions of distress? Mm -hmm. And how do you lean into discomfort in these conversations? Mm -hmm. Right. It's it's not surface level. You're really diving in and making sure that your your client feels seen and heard and you're responding to that.
1: So do you have like a different system that you're like vetting these therapists? Because I feel like that is super deep.
0: Yeah. I, I haven't heard
1: that like method before mm. personally.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, th- I think it's something that's not talked about a lot. So I think initially when I was first starting, I was like, I just want to bring visibility to a lot of the professionals in this space because, you know, mental health is primarily dominated by white people. Yes. And I think there's in, even the stat in the States where it's 86% of psychologists are white. Mm-hmm. And so initially that's how it started. Um, but then... I started having more conversations with them, with the professionals on my platform, talking about all the training that they have. Do they have anti-oppressive training? Do they practice culturally responsive care? And so Mm. then I came up with these, what I call community agreements. So Mm. they have to agree to these essentially principles Mm. to be on the platform. Mm -hmm. And so that's how they have to practice in the therapy room with their clients.
1: Okay. So do you have your own like list of guidelines that they have to continue to reach as they go on like how does that type how does that thing work
0: so it's essentially that they're they're just agreeing that this is how they practice oh okay so we we go through it and they agree to these terms essentially that this is this is what they do and that they have the proper training to do that
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so obviously mental health is a huge thing today and we just lost somebody a dj on uh ellen's show and Mm -hmm. i i actually didn't know him um prior and damien mentioned him and i was like oh who's that like you know the but the scary thing for me was when i was doing my research on who he was i was just scrolling down his instagram going down the black hole of his instagram Mm -hmm. and you would i would never realize that he may be going through something he looked like the happiest person he had kids he had a family and i think that was surprising for me what did you think about that
0: i thought that was heartbreaking because i followed him from like when he first started on um so so you think you can dance mm-hmm. and he's a fantastic performer like mm-hmm. an overall good human you know yeah. but i think the the broader issue is there is actually men's mental health mm-hmm. and then specifically black men's mental health mm-hmm. um it's such an overlooked area
1: very overlooked yeah <laughs> very and overlooked
0: it's it's just a space that needs so much more attention attention nurturing cultivation mm-hmm. because a lot of these young boys and specifically young black boys you, you're raised to believe that you know emotions mean weakness you mm-hmm. there you don't have any safe space where you can actually come out and talk about all these mm-hmm. things and a lot of a lot of guys don't speak about it in their own circles no, we right? don't. <laughs> exactly right and it's it's a problem because mm-hmm. if you can't talk about these things with people the people closest to you who do you talk to yeah and if you're raised in a community where you're not meant to share your your struggles, struggles your mm-hmm. yeah, your family problems, you just keep it in. Mm. And it's so damaging and it's it's such a an underserved area and it's it's really scary that we're not doing more for men's mental health.
1: Mm-hmm. Cuz even just thinking about like growing up, um I feel like we just started tapping into our emotions late and I'm already 33, like you know, so like I just feel like the men and the friend group, like we never even thought about talking about emotions. But now I think about maybe some of the things that I've done in the past, well, that was like me projecting, me trying to ask for help, but I didn't really realize. So what I want to ask with your movement, are you focused on men as well?
0: Yeah. The thing is, I would love to do more in that space. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's interesting because the majority of my community is women. Yeah. Right. And so I, and I have a certain portion of them that are men and they're really engaged and so it's it's actually trying to find more ways to bring them more into the fold yeah and that's also on me because i need to create a space where they feel comfortable enough to come into that true and so i think it's it's me who needs to build more of that into it it's society where we need to make them feel comfortable enough to seek out these spaces um and i I think there's there's so many layers to it because it's not as simple as one person doing this thing and it's it's a collective
1: 100 percent. do you think like it's more men reaching out to men or like you said you need to do you feel like you need to take more responsibility in that role or do you think it's more women reaching out to men or is it a collective thing
0: i think it's a collective thing it's everybody needs to do their part because it's men need to also take a step because if you need help, it's you have to take that step to ask for it. Mm -hmm. But then it's also everybody else's responsibility to create a space where they're comfortable enough and safe enough to do that.
1: Mm -hmm. So take me through the process. So for example, if I'm interested, if I'm interested in your services or in your community, and am I calling or is it over zoom? Like, how does that sort of work?
0: Yeah, so the app, is essentially what I call like a connection space, right? Mm-hmm. So you come onto it, you scroll through all the profiles and and you-
1: Like you're seeing different therapists. Exactly. profiles. Exactly, and okay. the
0: reason why I didn't do a matching platform is because within our communities, you already don't know what's out there. Yeah. So I wanted you to be able to see the variety of professionals that are available right like sure. you know maybe all you know is a psychologist but there are like expressive arts therapy holistic wellness professionals psychotherapists mm-hmm. there's so much out there and so you need to know what's available before you you know maybe know what to seek out mm-hmm. and so you go there you reach out to them you ask them questions you can book free consultations amazing yeah and then the actual therapy sessions occur with the therapist so i just connect you to them
1: oh yeah. so You just connect the dots.
0: Yeah, we're just connecting because I'm really just trying to create, you know, an an, an, easy platform. Exactly. And so now we're also launching other programming, but for people who are new to therapy or not sure where to start because it's the same thing, right? There's a lot of people who are like, I'm really interested in diving into mental health and learning about myself, Mm -hmm. but maybe I'm not yet ready for therapy. Okay. Maybe I'm not ready to do one-on-one talk therapy? Mm-hmm. How do I learn on my own? And so that's what we're also building now to help people who are working through stress and anxiety. Yeah. And so that's a separate program that's launching in January. But Amazing. it's because I realized when I was going through all the data within my own community is tons of them were new to therapy. Really? And which is huge, especially yeah. in, in, you know, black and racialized communities. And a bunch of them were struggling with anxiety. Mm-hmm. And so it was trying to figure out how can I create something that's going to help them you know manage all these things and learn on their own and then when they're ready Mm -hmm. they can then go to therapy and go back Mm -hmm. into the platform like you're
1: nurturing them first yeah okay wow that's deep i feel like it's a a lot of work but it can be done so when you're um coming up with this movement this idea did you think of i know you thought of the movement first but how did you get to like building an app like where did that thought come from
0: yeah so that was actually just really trying a bunch of different things out and I I consider myself an accidental entrepreneur because uh, I did nothing that I did in the beginning was intentional. Yeah, um, it it was really by accident, and so I started taking different courses and learning about what's out there, mm-hmm. um, and started building from scratch. And so the way that I also look at you know people who are interested in doing this is there are so many different tools that are available mm-hmm. and so i built my product lean so i built an, a lean mvp so i built it the cheapest and most affordable way possible to yeah. make sure that i had a market yeah um and like
1: for social proof um or for for uh proof of content
0: exactly right i wanted to make sure i had this like product market fit yeah like our people act do they actually need this resource and are they willing to pay for this resource True. right because otherwise it's there's no point in doing it yeah and so that's kind of how i started and i started booking calls and asking lots of questions with therapists that were not within my community and others that were friends and, you know, friends and family. Yeah. Um, and then I started, you know, pestering my partner who works in development to understand different things when I was building and then bringing on consultants. And so it was a it was a lot of just piecing things together at first. OK,
1: dope. And you mentioned a cost uh, aspect. What is there a cost for people to sign up on this app or for therapists? How does that work?
0: Yeah. So the app side is free okay. um, for users who are looking for support. And mm-hmm. for therapists, they pay a fee um, to host their plat their profile on the platform.
1: Oh, OK, so you're kind of like bringing them traffic. So mm-hmm. and then when they close on their let's say client, mm-hmm. then that goes to them kind of thing.
0: Yeah. yeah. I don't take any fees from their clients.
1: Oh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. So a lot of people have a, like a lot of people, like they want to start apps and they don't necessarily know where to go or how to start. What advice do you have for them to like, what would be like the first steps to go to do?
0: So I think the first thing I, I like to tell people is first decide if you actually need to build an app for whatever you're doing. Mm. Like if you're building a business, do you actually need an app? Because they're costly. What
1: are the deciding factors to like, figure out if you need an app?
0: So it, it completely depends on what your business is. Cause I, there's so many different businesses out there, but, and sometimes this takes testing. You're not always gonna know right away, but sometimes if figure out what your, what your goal is, what you're trying to achieve. And can you do that with just a website? Oh, first thing true. is what i would say true. can you do that with just a website if not if you require more like engaging features and other tools and all of this stuff that cannot be built with a the website mm-hmm. then i would say definitely explore apps because mm-hmm. you know there are downsides to apps too yeah. right? so you have to consider that and think about who's your audience is your audience more likely to download an app on their phone yeah. with all these storage issues you know yeah or are they more likely to use their desktop and sign on to your website and do it or do it from their phone
1: mm-hmm. so like when you're going into this, I'm not sure if you can give this, but like, what was like a ballpark price that you were kind of going into your app with?
0: Mm. <laughs> I don't like doing that only because, again, the it price be discouraging. Can, it, it could be discouraging. But it could it varies so heavily depending okay. on what you're building. Okay. Because if you're building something that maybe it's like not too complex, right? Okay. It's like you've got some standard features. It could be fairly affordable for a business, right? If depending on who your developers are, who you you know where they're based, because obviously if you outsource to other countries, it's cheaper.
1: Did you do that? But, no. Uh,
0: so what I did is I actually built my um, app using no code, and
1: really? then I
0: integrated and used some development to it to um, build in other integrations. Right. Mm. So that's why I say mine was really like fitting pieces together. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Because
0: for me, the best way to start out is somebody who works in a completely different field, not in the business field before this is how can i test it so i do everything by hypothesis right yeah so i built it no code and then i integrated a bunch of things brought on consultants and then did some development work
1: so you're like learning as you go well,
0: completely <laughs> like i did, i was learning as i went and so that's how i did And so i really you know i i encourage people to to look into a lot of the tools that are out there because i promise you there's going to be something mm. that you can use to build what you're looking for
1: okay And what are some challenges that you're going through right now, would you say, to get to like the next step or where you want to go?
0: In the app space, honestly, technology is always changing. Yeah. And you have to keep up with it. Yeah. And I think that's the difficulty when you work in a tech business because you can't just build the product and then you're done. Yeah.
1: And you're like, great. That's not how it works. It's
0: constantly changing and evolving and even when you think about, you know, phones, I swear they come up with a new phone every four months. <laughs> yeah, literally. Like, you know, and there's some new feature. There's always something new,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which is unfortunate with the way society works now, but there is, and you have to constantly be improving. Um, difficulties also is, like, tech breaks down. Yeah. So you have to... Like yap. app
1: crashes and stuff like yeah, that? There,
0: yeah, there are tons of, like, technical issues that come up mm-hmm. where if you don't have the skill set to do that, you need to make sure you have somebody on hand who, who can respond quickly. Yeah. Right, and so there's i think there's a lot of issues with that Mm. and uh, i think people need to be really cognizant of it um when you're going into this space okay
1: dope and how do you look to like expand from here
0: Mm.
1: (laughs) because i feel like you have something going on but obviously as time goes by and you know your audience gets bigger bigger and your community gets bigger i'm sure you're gonna look to expand Mm -hmm. have you thought about those areas yet
0: yeah Like what I'm hoping to do is start offering programming to organizations and businesses because I feel like that's how we're going to reach more people. True. And at an affordable rate because it's going to be through your employer. Yes. Right. And ideally they cover that cost. So Mm -hmm. you're getting this resource for free.
1: Oh. Right. And so that's my
0: ideal way is because a lot of people with their biggest barriers is cost. Yes. Because they're not always covered by insurance. And that's a whole other area. Yeah. For app insurance. Oh. No, like mental health insurance. You know, benefit packages and things like that. So that's a huge area. And so the reason I find is a lot of people aren't accessing these resources is because they can't afford it. Yeah. And so if we can build something in where they don't have to pay for it, mm-hmm. that's ideal. So for me, it's that. And then it's also the other angle of I, I want to work more with youth. So mm-hmm. I want to create more programming that's helping um, young people get access to these things because I've just, yeah. they're, this generation is amazing. Yeah. And I, I they, they blow me away every single time um and i just recently did this event with apple canada but it was really with these kids It yeah. was with this school in jane and finch it was like a class of black and brown kids mm-hmm. and i was really nervous something i've got to talk to them about mental health like, yeah. they're not going to say anything they were fascinating mm-hmm. they knew so much their wealth of knowledge was insane really oh they, old, old. they were ranged from grade two to five They were that young i think you're gonna
1: say some teenagers no
0: they were young and so i that's why i was nervous right Mm -hmm. and i had kids who were telling me what mental health meant to them and they were saying it's your feelings and your emotions it's how you calm down really one kid told me you know it's mental health can be really damaging and he said but mentally and physically and he and what he's describing is psychosomatic symptoms right which is like with a lot of cultures you, your, your mental health symptoms don't show up as if it's depression, for instance, it doesn't show up as you saying, I feel sad. Yeah. It shows up as physical symptoms, like chest pain and back pain. Yeah. And so this is another reason why culturally responsive therapists are important because they can identify these things. Right. Which, um, I didn't even know that to be honest. No, it's, and it's huge. And that's actually huge in the black community because oftentimes you hear them saying, um, Oh, I've got all this back pain. My body hurts. It's fatigue. It's all of these things, but they're never saying, emotions they're not naming emotions Uh, right and so i'm like now sidetracking but like when you have therapists who don't have this training it actually leads to significantly more misdiagnosis poor treatment outcomes and and more distrust between therapists and their client because they're not getting what they need out of because you're not identifying the correct thing yeah right and so there's been so many cases of um therapists sending a client to like a medical doctor for something. Oh, mm-hmm. you've got all this pain, you can go go see a doctor. Yeah. And then it, they're not getting they're not getting the right help that they need and yeah. it's a cycle. Yeah. Right? And so it's the, we we also need to address the the history behind a lot of yeah. this because when you talk about distrust within these institutions, it
1: goes way back. Oh,
0: it goes way back. You have to yeah. think about it because it's like black and I think the stat is black and brown people are four times more likely to be admitted to a psychiatric unit than white patients. Why? Right? <laughs> why yeah why exactly <laughs> racism oppression there's yes. so many things right and they're even more likely to be offered medication than talk therapy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right so it's like you have to think about all of these things and understand why there's this distress mm-hmm. we have to, we have to address the history there yes and that's why with me everything that i do in this is a culture-first approach.
1: Okay, right? makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, like, for example, um, when you are speaking, I thought about, like, my grandmother, right? And the way they force pills down her, those blood pressure pills and all that, and I always, from growing up, I always used to say, or think, like, why are they doing this mm-hmm. to you? Like, you know, because I've seen how it has crippled her over time, and I just feel like something like that, like blood pressure pills, and she could have been treated with therapy,
0: Maybe. Maybe. I'm not going to speak to that because I oh, don't oh, yeah. know. Yeah,
1: okay, fair, but fair, fair, it, fair. It
0: is, there's a lot of cases like yeah. that, right? Like, you always have to wonder, well, what was the first option did they offer her, yeah. you know, for, for support? And I also have to say, I'm not a therapist. So yes, I, I, yes. So I always have to tell people that because I find with this business, people you have to be open careful. up and ask a lot of questions that I'm not qualified to answer, right? Fair, fair, fair. Um, but yeah, but I think there's a lot of cases like that mm-hmm. where you wonder why they weren't offered a different type of support first, Mm. you know? And you'll see that play out in a lot of other scenarios, right? Mm.
1: So even talking to you right now, I feel like you're going through a huge transition. Like you were telling me that you do, you're a scientist, right? And this field, if if it sounds a lot different, do you feel like it's like a new purpose for you? Or like, how do you feel about that?
0: I love that question. I do. I also feel like I've always been really attached to my identity in science and climate and nature, mm-hmm. and I always thought this is who I am. Mm-hmm. This is all that I do. Yeah. Um, and once I started entering this space, it was actually a challenge for me because it was like me trying to understand my own identity. I can't put this out there. I can't put it on LinkedIn because me, I'm a scientist. Yeah. I can't, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. It was difficult, um, but. I then realized, well, no, I'm multi-passionate. Mm-hmm. And I'm allowed to pursue more than one thing. I'm allowed to be more than one thing. Yeah. And I love both of them. I do both of them. It's difficult. Yeah. Because I have to be, I have to manage my time really well. Yeah. But they both bring me a lot of purpose. And I think it's it's so important for you to cultivate that if you do find something like that. Yeah. I don't think everybody needs to have a job that is a passion. I, yeah. I don't believe that. But I think if you do... You should cultivate that and, and and continue to pursue it, and you don't feel limited to just one area.
1: So you feel like you have two purposes right now I do. simultaneously. That's crazy. I do. That do you feel a lot of pressure from that? I do. And yeah. like, how do you deal with like your bad days or your overwhelming days?
0: It's. I think being in this the mental health space has actually helped me a lot because I check myself more. Mm-hmm. Um, how so,
1: if you don't mind me asking?
0: I don't mind at all. Like, for instance, if I'm literally burning myself out trying to build a business that's a mental health business i'm like that doesn't make sense (laughs) let me stop there you know and so i literally just stop and i i set boundaries right and everybody talks about boundaries yes i'll set it like i'm turning off my email notifications i'm not responding to emails during this time and this time Mm -hmm. um or uh, a time block you know so a lot of it for me is about um time management okay and and saying no to things and i know people mention that a lot but it's saying no in terms of i can't do this right now Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that's important for me and it's difficult for me it's something i still struggle with Mm -hmm. because i have not mastered it but it's a process and a journey and i'm each time i get a little bit better yeah um and so that's how i've been working through it
1: okay dope you mentioned earlier about you speaking to like the second to the fifth grade Mm -hmm. students right how do you think we as being older than them like how can we um get the message to them from young now
0: Mm. so what my sense is is by doing a lot of like first of all i think kids now Mm -hmm. they're so tuned into tech so they have access to a lot more than it could be
1: it's poison though exactly
0: and that's the scary thing right because it's like they have access in a positive way where there's so much amazing stuff that they're learning but it's also scary because they have access to a lot of the bad things right and so i think they're a lot more tuned in than, than we ever were. Yeah. So I think there's that one thing, but then I think through through like school programs and different other programs that they start when they're young, when they're really engaged and they're learning and they're asking questions is in my opinion, one of the best ages to cultivate that yes. and to nurture that yes. because then that is, I feel like what sets them up mm-hmm. for a lot of the rest of their life and the way that they view things and perceive things and work through their own issues. Yeah. And when they build those habits from a young age, I think they're going to be really well-functioning adults.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dope. And another question I just thought about right now, you're essentially running a faceless brand, right? Mm And in 2022, going to 2023, um, I feel like with social media being what it is, it's like hard to do. Everyone's in front of the camera Mm -hmm. talking, but you're managing to run a lot behind the camera. How do you feel about that?
0: Hmm. (laughs) I'm I'm conflicted about it because- only because i actually hate putting my face on everything
1: okay fair. um yeah like why why why
0: i don't know i think it's like oh i just want my business to succeed because it's great you know not, not because, because it's you yeah kind of thing. okay and i think it's that and maybe that's my own insecurity as well right mm-hmm. like because i you know i've had social media managers who are like oh but you know the posts with your face do so much better or when you're in it and i was like mm. but it's are you true. introverted I, yeah. Oh. So I'm more introverted. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, I'm a bit of both. Cusp. Yeah. yeah. Like some days I'm more introverted, but I'm more introverted generally. Okay. Um, and so I find that difficult. But then I realize I do see more benefits for my business and for my community
1: if you sp- when if- I do
0: it. So that's where I'm like, well, I should put my face out there because yes. then that's how I help more people. Mm. And so that's where the conflict is for me. And so I'm trying to do it more.
1: I promise you. Like I feel like I was, I could relate because I was in a similar situation. Because even before this, I was behind the camera for five or six years, Mm -hmm. and to come out in front of the camera has been like, whoa! Like you know, it's been a, it's been a scary process. But I've noticed that I have so much more to say and so much more to like help people. Mm -hmm. And I noticed when I'm now that being in front of the camera. Like I have to, all the other anxiety that I feel like it doesn't even matter. Yeah. Like, you know, because you're just touching a lot more people. And I think when you like tap into that full force, like you'll be fully in front of the camera mm-hmm. because it helps, right? And people what I noticed too that people want to build trust on like what is this business about? Who is yeah. uh, who is behind the camera? And so I feel like it being in front of the camera, you're building that trust factor. So I think when as you go on, like you'll like you'll start to notice people reacting or engaging with your pulse or whatever a lot more yeah. in a different type of way.
0: You're 100% right. And see, this is the reason why I'm like, I'm trying to do it more. Yeah. But it's because you're right. And it's, and especially in the space that I work in, it's all about vulnerability and trust. Yes, exactly. And, you know, I've, the community that I've had, a lot of them have been there from like day one when I go, I think I, I put this out there even before mm-hmm. I was ready. So a lot of them, I'm like, you guys, you know, and so I need to do more of that. And I think it's all about building trust and building a space where they feel like they know me mm-hmm. and they trust whatever I put out there. And because I've done the work and or, you know, and so I, I want a community that trusts and believes in the brand and believes in the people behind it.
1: hundred percent. So I'm not sure. Have you done therapy yourself? Mm-hmm. OK, so what type of steps should someone like or what should someone look for when they're going through your um um app um to necessarily like pick maybe the person that's for them like what do mm-hmm. you what, what are you thinking about what are you going for
0: yeah that's a good question um i think there's a few things like firstly what are you coming there for okay you know so like is it you know anxiety is it depression there's mm-hmm. a lot of people who come on because they're looking for resources to help a loved one okay right? so figure out what what you need help with and then also it's good to understand what what you're looking for in a therapist, like what type of specialty are you mm. looking for? Did like,
1: you know that prior? Your I didn't. personal? That's uh-huh. why
0: I open my app to so you can see everything, right? Oh, and makes sense. And you test it out. Yeah. And I really tell people like therapy is, is, is testing, mm-hmm. right? Like you're not going to pick one and they're going to be the perfect one. Yeah. The first time, like, I mean, it, it happens, but it doesn't happen that often. Yeah. So the first thing I recommend is figure out what you're coming for. Figure out what type of therapist, like ideally, if there's a specialty you're aware of, Um, you know, some people like CBT, some people don't. So make sure that might be, if that plays a factor, if you don't know, then that's also okay. Yeah. And what I recommend is most therapists, not all, most of them offer free consultations. Okay. So you book a free consultation with them.
1: Is that kind of like feeling them out? Exactly. Okay. Yeah.
0: So you can go on the app, send them a few messages, ask for some availability. You book a consultation, you could jump on a call. You talk usually for like 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. But then you ask them questions and you can also gauge like, how comfortable are you talking to this person Mm. and and people that's underrated because you actually you get a vibe when you're talking to people yes and it's actually it's really important to vet them because Mm -hmm. it's like
1: so sorry not to cut you off what type of questions are you asking them mm,
0: i specifically i look for questions on cultural fit okay so like for me also i'll ask I'll firstly ask how, like, what does a typical session look like for you? Uh-huh. Like, do you, is there practice to ask lots of questions? Is it to, you know, help you identify like negative thought patterns and, and different things in your life? Mm-hmm. Is it more of a conversation or are you the type more where you want to create space for them to speak? And you're more of like a listening ear. You might identify a few things. For the, me, that's really important. Okay. Because I want an active participant in this, yeah yeah right?
1: yeah yeah. Um, you don't want to just hear yourself speak no
0: i don't i, I don't <laughs> at all but some people that's what they need yeah. right and so for me that's not what i need so i need to know that and then i will ask questions about like if they're not a person of color and yeah. this is also a thing because there's great therapists out there who are not mm-hmm. but if they're not i ask questions like what's your experience working with marginalized communities what's your experience like even for for men right it's mm-hmm. like what's your experience like you know talking about toxic masculinity and different things like that because you want to be able to be in a space where
1: they know you they they, know your background they
0: understand those things right Mm. um so for me i i ask all of those questions and uh also i have a checklist y'all can just download (laughs) those questions right to help to help guide you but it's ones like that like if those are the things that are important to you yeah if let's say the things that you're struggling with Mm. are about like, you know, you feel anxiety about work because you feel discriminated against or you're in a primarily white workplace and you feel out of place or you don't feel like you can be yourself. Those are the types of questions you actually want to ask them what their experience is with them or, okay. or you know, what advice would they give and things like that. You want to ask because you're going to know how you feel once they respond, okay? right? And Fair. I think it's really important to use that time to make sure that they're they're going to be a good fit, right? Yes. And you test them out you know, you maybe you do a few sessions. Mm-hmm you learn a bit maybe maybe they're not you try somebody else yeah right but I I really want people to know don't be discouraged if the first one doesn't work out okay
1: Okay, I've heard that a lot. Yeah. I've heard, oh, I, I tried and it just wasn't feeling it and they never went back. Exactly. Mm, interesting. I want to give you a scenario. So for example, if I, let's say I have uh, a loved one and I feel that they need to talk to someone, mm-hmm. right? But sometimes it's the hardest to like either bring that up or even when you do bring it up, they're not receptive to it. Mm-hmm. How do you go about those type of situations? Or that, how would you?
0: Yeah, that's a really difficult one because... I really feel like, in, in when you're talking about mental health, that that person needs to be ready. True. You cannot force them to do it because when they, if they're forced to do it, they're not going to be open. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be trusting of the process. They're going to try and just get through it. Yeah. And be done, and that's it. They have to be ready and willing to take the steps and to engage and to see the own the problem within themselves. Right. Okay. So I think the best thing that you can do is be a support to them mm-hmm. and say, hey, these are some resources that are available when you're ready, if you're ready, I'm happy to help you do X, Y, and Z. If you're happy to help pay for a session or you'll take them to a session or give them different resources when, the, when they're ready to to engage with it. Okay. I think that's probably the best way because they need to realize that there's a problem first yes. within themselves or yeah. that they might need some sort of help. And all you can do is be a support. Uh, mm-hmm. I really just I don't think it works when you force it. Yeah, you know, because it's not. Therapy is all about opening up, opening up and trusting and vulnerability, and they're not going to do that when mm-hmm. they feel forced into it, mm-hmm. and they're not going to feel seen and heard throughout that process. Mm-hmm.
1: And obviously, this is not a uh, a, a answer that you're going to give that's that works for everybody. But when you go to therapy, like for example, I've never been in therapy, so I'm not sure. Like, let's say I was to inquire tomorrow. And I find someone I, I like, am I supposed to like just say everything that's going on in my head? Or like, how does that work?
0: <laughs> no, I, I, the thing is, it's interesting. I, I say do whatever feels comfortable. Okay. Because if you're somebody who's comfortable sharing from jump, do that. Oof. You know, but if you're not, you take steps until you are. Right? Because yeah. you also want to feel them out and feel like I can trust this person. I'm going to share this. True. Because I also want to be transparent that there are situations where people have had bad experiences with therapists. Right? Uh, hustle. Well, <laughs> there's, there's many different ones. But, yeah. but sometimes it's just like there are some therapists, and, and again, not all, because yeah. I work with them and I think they're fantastic human beings yeah. who have to deal with their own traumas plus the burden of everybody else's the every world. single day. Yeah. It's it's a tough job, mm-hmm. you know? But there's obviously, in, like in every profession, there's gonna be some who are not great at their job, right? Or who do not have the right training or they're not the right fit for you. True. You know, like I know people and Uh, who have you know tried therapy for the first time and they've you know um for instance one in particular was um grew up first generation in another country and you know dealt with a lot of different issues and she decided to try therapy for the first time and you know essentially was paired with one through her work she didn't Mm. have a choice True, and um a lot of the issues she was raising had to be had to do with being um the child of an immigrant Mm -hmm. you know where her parents experience of vastly different life and a lot of what was going on in that therapy room was not acknowledging her experience but trying to
1: come up with a solution right away or something. it wasn't
0: even a solution it was trying to tell her essentially that it's her her perception of the situation rather Yikes. than the actual external factors yeah. right yeah yeah and so that's a problem where you know the therapist isn't understanding this person's context and their needs yeah and their needs and you're Assuming because and sometimes it is valid to correct a perception of a situation, right? Yeah, that is that is valid sometimes But because you're not trained well Sometimes you you're not it's not connecting with this person. Yeah, and you're giving the wrong advice. Yeah, right and so they left feeling really Targeted and like not seen and not heard and so sometimes and that's why they don't go back and mm-hmm. then they don't try ever again because yeah. They made that first attempt to be vulnerable, yeah. and it didn't go well. And most people, when that happens, they they don't always try again.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I just thought of something, too. Is this a worldwide app that you've got going on, or is it like just for Canadians or North Americans? How is that working?
0: Yeah, the app right now, So the app is for Canadians, so it's, okay. it's Canadian mental health professionals. Some of them are licensed in the U.S., and some are licensed in the oh, U.K. Okay. as well. Okay. Um, but the app is primarily Canada, but like other programming that we have is, is available. Law. Yeah. Locally. Okay.
1: Do you plan to expand?
0: I would love to expand.
1: Uh, like to the different countries and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah,
0: I think it would be great. I mean, you have to make sure that it's it's the right fit. Every country has their different needs. And, you know, the U.S. also has lots of programming available as well. Right. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I would love to expand.
1: Amazing. So I want to ask two questions that I ask everybody on the show and the first one you don't have to say any names but what is the best advice that you received and what is the worst advice that you received
0: Ooh. maybe the best advice that i can think of right now is everything is figure outable
1: oh yeah. break that down break that
0: down <laughs> <laughs> everything's fig- because you you know as business owners as just humans you mm-hmm. run into so many different challenges struggles obstacles mm-hmm. and sometimes you you know you feel burdened by it yeah it's it's really tough and when i heard this quote everything is figureoutable it's actually from marie forleo and then i realized yeah there's always a way to do something It's with this app there was always a way to find something build something um to help these communities or to achieve any sort of goal yeah there's always a way yeah you're going to figure it out yeah
1: okay and the worst (laughs)
0: <laughs> Ooh. that one's hard yeah. I-
1: or what even that you heard you're like whoa wow i would never do that
0: <laughs> the worst advice um i don't have the worst advice but i would say it was something about um when somebody didn't give credit where it's due um mm-hmm. so this is i it's you know it's not a great quote that's prepared but um it was somebody who was talking about t- taking credit for work um but it wasn't it wasn't fully authentic right and okay. so i think it's just that's just a piece of advice where i feel like whenever you can give credit or shine a light on somebody else mm-hmm. who's helped you along the way because most founders business owners you did not do it on your no, own no we
1: never do it alone. yeah I so, we, we rare, and if we do it alone it's just maybe the beginning stages exactly there's no way
0: yeah so i think it's just important to always keep that top of mind highlight the people that have helped you or highlight the people that are not in a, the position to do so yeah give credit where it's due
1: i agree yeah. i agree so in five years i want to play this episode back mm-hmm. and i'm like Micheline, she did say that she was gonna do that where do you see yourself in five years
0: Ooh. well fi- i feel like it's like what we touched on earlier five years i'm hoping that i've built out more programming to work with kids yes. and young people yes um and hopefully it's working through schools and yes. so five years i'm hoping that's that's where i am
1: do you feel like you're gonna be in the future like on like the ground level like talking to these kids and public speaking or something like that do you see that any of that kind of stuff
0: possibly yeah Cause Cause i think I feel i've like done a bit any. of it yeah and I, I i enjoy it and i think it's like a scary part of it but it's actually some of the most worthwhile work
1: yeah so you feel like you found like you're two lifelong purposes that's crazy <laughs> i've never heard of a person that has like two purposes that are like so different mm-hmm. that you're the first person that i know yeah. that, that so like you know i commend that that's a that's a lot that's that's a i can understand it can be overwhelming yeah, sometimes it's, Jeez. Overwhelming. it's a lot sometimes. Jeez. okay so can you let people know how to contact you how to get in touch with uh your movement and um if you have any last words for anybody just let them know
0: mm, thank you um, well, I think firstly, you can follow us on Instagram, which is at Althea Therapy. You can join our newsletter, which is probably where the most engaged people in our community are. Mm-hmm. So you can sign up on our website, which is www.altheatherapy.com. Um, and the quote that I'll leave you with is therapy is cardio for the mind and so remember that because the same way that we work out to get healthy Mm -hmm. and um go to the doctor when we're sick Mm -hmm. we should do the same thing for our minds and for our mental health
1: therapy is cardio for the mind
0: Mm. that's deep that's not my quote (laughs) it's from Lubby ajayi jones okay that's deep
1: because honestly like even just touching on that um mental health is like invinci- invincible like or you don't really see it like on the normal person but like we do spend so much time in the gym pumping weights or we do so- spend so much time playing basketball doing all these things but our mental health is literally just as important mm-hmm therapies uh cardiff i'm take that one okay lit 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 and also i want to thank you for coming because obviously you're coming from afar and you have a lot to do when you get down here and i do think your movement is going to be huge and it's very it's needed especially in our community and um if there's anything that we can do to help or push this message forward, just obviously let us know especially for our men because mm-hmm. i really think that we need it and i feel like this is the time for us to push that message because there's so much media and there's so much outlets so i want to thank you again
0: thank you so much for having me